Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallmafs. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid. And this is Alter Call on Patreon. Hi. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm good. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our bonus episode. And in this bonus episode, we will be ranking every season of maths that we have watched. I am so excited about this episode. How about you, Aid? I am so excited about this episode. <laughs> This is going to be great. <laughs> How was your experience coming up with your rankings? So easy. <laughs> it took me it took me like 15 minutes to do my rankings and then I went back to check and I realized I had forgotten a whole season that I'd watched. <laughs> um but other than that, yeah, I was just like I know which ones I liked, which ones I didn't like. So, it was it was pretty easy. What about you? Oh my God, it was not easy. When we first talked about it, I was like, oh, this is going to be so easy. This is going to be good. And then I sat there and it was like, it took me an hour. I started by ranking from the bottom. Then I got stuck. Then I started writing all the seasons, then numbering it. Then I went to look back on it. And I was like, why am I going through this complicated process? But I got there, but I got there. (laughs) (laughs) What standards did you use to rank? Overall enjoyability, like what did I enjoy? Like which one gave me the most enjoyment factor overall? I think what made me get stuck was there may be a season that wasn't so good, but there's a couple that I really liked. So that made me conflicted as to, okay, how do I go with this? But then at the end of the day, I just decided to go by overall, which one gave me the most, oh my God, I'm looking forward to watching the next season. The next episode, sorry. Hmm. How about you? Um, I had different things. I think likability was one of the main things. 
Yeah. Do I like the people who are on that season? Whether their marriages were successful or not, do I just like them? I also think number of couples was a huge influence for me. I think the more couples, the more likely I was to like a season. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the newer features that they've introduced, the the group apartment, the group honeymoon, I feel like that adds to my enjoyment of the show. So I feel like that was also a like influencing factor. I think that's true. I think it's also unfit. Like, I feel like the newer seasons carry more weight because it's just completely different. Like, it's kind of like if you're going to move to an apartment, you'd like the newer with the newer features, right? Over the old, you know, features. So maybe they had an advantage, but maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? So we are going to rank our, our, our seven is how many I've watched. So we're going to do those. But Tane does have rankings for her extra four and those we will tell you guys or she will tell you guys. <laughs> so I'm going to go first with my number seven. All right. My number seven was DC of all the seasons of married at first that I have watched. It is the one I hate the most. <laughs> and it has a lot of things that you think would help it. It had five couples. I think it was, it was the first season with five couples. It had the living in one location but it also had some of the most unlikable people. Like, it just, it was terrible. Like, to me, Brandon and Taylor are the worst couple ever in Married at First Sight history. Because <laughs> he was an ass who had no business getting married at first sight. And she wasn't much better. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. You bring back memories. Oh. And then, like, Mika and Michael... Michael was trash, and Mika was a nice, good person. But, like, I felt so bad when I was watching the show because I hated the sound of Mika's voice. Someone posted, Mika's voice sounds like a run-on sentence. And I was like, yes, that's it. That's why I can't stand the sound of her voice. I know that that is a terrible thing to bring up, but it was true. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) shit. Go ahead. Then there was Katie and Derek, the worst. I mean, I, I mean... And even Austin and Jessica were, like, the good, successful couple that weekend. But I was bored by them. Like, I've seen them on Couples Cam and and enjoyed them more there than I did on their actual season. The only time I enjoyed them on the season is when Jessica, who seems like a very nice person, like, easygoing, she was just trying to ask Michael what he did the day before. And he was such a liar (laughs) that he couldn't even, like... Like that, like get it out, and that is like my favorite scene of all of that season. Is when <laughs> Jessica's asking Michael what he did the day before, and he's such a pathological liar that he can't even get it out. Yeah, so that's why DC is my bottom season. Okay, those were all really good points. Really good points, making me question myself now. But <laughs> yeah, my number seven was Chicago. Chicago was season five, and it was interesting because it had, that's the one with Danielle and Cody, and Sheila and Nate, and Ashley and Anthony. Now, Ashley and Anthony were boring. They liked each other from the beginning, so they're still boring now, so nothing's changed. But I found it interesting mostly because of Sheila and Nate. That was a, they were an explosive couple. I just didn't know what I was going to get. I didn't know if Nate was a fuckboy. It was just up and down. Danielle and Cody were just, they seemed, they were like um, Haley and Jacob Light. 
But for some reason, they kept on trucking. And then on D-Day, they even said yes. Actually, that was the first season where all the couples said yes. So that was so fascinating to me. And every week, I was just like, what are they going to do? Is Sheila going to like Nate? One, one time, he called her out her name. We never really heard what it was. But the next week, they were in love with each other again. And then the next week, she's like, oh, I'm changing my name to yours. So I was very in. <laughs> I was very strapped into that season. And um, yeah, and Danielle and Cody, Cody kept asking for sex in many different ways. That was so funny to me. And yeah, I really liked that season. <laughs> so even though two of the, does, does a couple working out after decision day and after the reunion, does that affect the way you see the show? No, because honestly, the way I think about it, if any couple works out from this show, it's the grace of God. It's not anything. It's not the experts. It's just, they're just lucky. Divine intervention. Divine intervention. So to me, it's more about the journey and how they got there. So, yeah. Hmm. So my number six was New York, season two. Um, That is actually the only one that I have streamed. Like I watched it all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was a boring show. And then all the couples seemed to fail because of geography. <laughs> uh, they were all over the tri-state area, it seemed like. And we never got to see them together. And their relationships never really had a chance because they couldn't spend any time together. And, you know, one of them needed to take out a restraining order on the other by the time the season was over. <laughs> and the one couple that seemed to be good were like, Felled once again by geography, and it just it wasn't a good season. So this season, New York Part Two, is my number nine. So it's one of my extra fours. And the reason, to your point, it was boring. But the thing that kept me going, honestly, one of the greatest is Davina. Davina was so awful. She was so <laughs> awful. Davina hated Sean with every fiber of her being. Really? Hated. <laughs> I mean, by the time they got to the reunion, she hated him with every fiber of her being, but... I feel like, and again, this could be my memory failing me, but this is what I recall, was that she just talked down to him, like, what kind of man has emotions? What kind of man has emotions? (laughs) (laughs) So it was just, um, she was not happy. I think they went to somewhere cold for a honeymoon. She was not happy about that. And I wouldn't have been happy either. I, I understand, but she was very vocal about it. And, you know, coming from the previous season where they did go somewhere cold and Jason and Courtney were just so happy and Davina's like, who goes here? Why? <laughs> so so um, she pushed them up a little bit, but it is, you know, one of my bottom ranking ones at number nine. Jessica and Ryan had so much chemistry, but honestly, Ryan's eyes just looked like a dangerous man. There was no way it was going to end up well. And then Jacqueline and Ryan... They never found their rhythm. I don't know what they were doing. They were, they were the will they, won't they couple for me. I didn't know what was happening, but yeah. I really liked Ryan and Jacqueline as people, and I really wanted them to work out. And then when they showed up to the reunion and she's just like, you never put in the effort that was necessary, I was like, why? You guys are so great. But so be it. What was your number six? My number six was Boston most famously Shawnice and Jeffy. I enjoyed this season because of, 
okay, as we're talking about this, I'm beginning to realize that the explosive couples seem to rank higher with me, but I promise I don't I didn't think that was a draw for me. But it was a lot going on in Boston. This is it also was a lot. most famously where an expert hooked up eventually, not on the show, with a participant of the show. I will never forget whoop whooping when Dr. Jessica yelled at Molly. But we didn't know what was happening. It was her attraction coming out in yelling form because <laughs> the experts never really call out these people like they, they're supposed to. So I remember that, and that was so good. Ryan and Jacqueline gave us a condom on the floor. What more could you ask for? Shanice and Jeffy, disaster from beginning to end. But Jeffy handled it well. I think he should be the poster boy for how to handle when you're not attracted to your partner. Because... <laughs> He didn't, like, call her out or be rude about it. Everything was, it, it was like an everything but. Everything he was doing showed that he wasn't attracted to her, but he didn't come right out and say it in, like, a mean way. But sleeping on the floor is pretty, pretty. <laughs> it's pretty heavy. So, basically, I like this season because there was a lot going on. And I was just like, what? Who do I focus my attention to? And it wasn't like one person stealing all the thunder, like the way Chris and Paige are. So, it was like equal opportunity stress from this season. So, that's why I ranked it number six. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> so, my number five is the one that I forgot about. And that was Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> All of these people were thoroughly, they didn't come off that great. First, we had Mia who couldn't get on the plane because of the warrant out for her arrest. That's when you were like, this show, how can you marry someone to someone who has a warrant out for their arrest? And they made sure on camera during an episode to be like, we ran background checks, but the warrant wasn't out till like the day before the wedding. And obviously we didn't run a background check that late in the game. Not our fault. Not our fault. Um... But then, separate from the issues with the warrant, because first she lied about it and said it was a mix-up. <laughs> the wrong person. <laughs> then, <laughs> and then it was like, you know, then eventually it was like, no, it was the right person. Since then, she has said it was like a domestic violence situation. But separate from all of that, like, she was just kind of rude and mean. And Tristan, honestly, wasn't that much better. Amber and Dave, like... Oh, it was just, it's, it was difficult to watch someone who was so insecure. The yeah. only bright spot was Danielle and Bobby. And now it's been a few years and I don't even like them. So yeah, I don't, I don't, it's a very forgettable season. Yeah, I agree. So Dallas ranked number eight for me. Dallas overall was a boring season. Like despite Mia being arrested and Amber just not knowing that she's not a natural blonde or whatever. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was just a boring season. Like Danielle and Bobby, like you said, were like the go-tos, but nothing really happened. Do you fight? No. Do you love me? I don't know. Do you want to be with me? Yes, I do. Like nothing really happened. And it was also the one famously, well, I guess it was before the show where Tristan said he wanted a light skinned girl. <laughs> mm -hmm. and everyone went after him but the thing about Dallas is Dallas is not memorable so also with Amber and David I think the thing that ruined it for, for them was that Dave never got over the fact that he, she had hooked up with his friend which I'm surprised is the first time it's happening in all of these seasons unless we never we don't know about it yeah because that's a huge huge I think that would be my number one concern 
going on something like this is like, what if I've dated your friend? But interesting, I agree with you that he never got over it, but I feel like Dave is one of those people who should have never been on the show. I don't think he wants to be married. No. I feel like that was just a convenient excuse for him to jump onto, but it was like he was looking for reasons not to like her, even though they were having sex every day. (laughs) And she was giving him the reasons. That's the other thing. I think Dave would have maybe had a turnaround if he was matched with someone that was re- he was really highly compatible with. But the problem was the chances of, he- of them matching him with someone he was compatible with was low because he was not fully prepared to allow that to happen. Yeah. Okay. So who was your number five? Uh, my number five is DC, even though after AIDS spiel, <laughs> I'm questioning myself. You know, before I came into this, I was fully prepared to have DC at the bottom. But then I sat and I thought about it. And I was like, DC was well-rounded. DC gave us a successful couple. DC gave us a ridiculous couple with Michael. I never wanted to meet them. (laughs) DC gave us a dickhead in Zach. DC also gave us ridiculousness with Katie and Derek. So I was like, you know what? This was well-rounded. I didn't know if Brandon was going to pop up this week. I didn't know. (laughs) If Taylor was going to stay, to keep staying on TV show, then they'll shower naked but not have sex. I didn't know what was going to happen. And then the previews made me want to wait every week because I was like, who's going to hook up with you? Because, you know, when they showed that um, Taylor flirting with Derek and then mm-hmm. Kate was in the hub, and I was like, I mean, it was a bait, bait and switch, but I was like, oh, is this a scandalo? But <laughs> DC, <laughs> DC, when I thought about it later, I was like, you know, DC was well-rounded. They didn't have the most likable people, but overall, you know, I was in there. I was, like, wanting to know what happened. And as we mentioned, that's what I was using to rank it. So my number five was DC. When you say not most likable people, I was like, who was likable that season? I was like, Austin, Jessica, Mika, and Mindy. That's it. Uh, none of these Four of the ten were likable people. <laughs> the only likable people were Derek to me. Oh, I forgot. Did I forget Derek? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah Derek was likable Derek too. Was really likable. And yeah, Jessica and Austin is so boring. I didn't even remember. I don't think I felt anything. I didn't like Mika and Mindy. I was just frustrated with her. So, yeah. Okay. So number four for me was actually Boston, which was the first season of this show that I watched. Aww. Um, and I think it. I'm surprised it ranked so high with only having three couples. But, like, this is where I learned things. Like, I remember thinking, like, oh, Ryan and Jacqueline, like, those two are meant for each other. They're going to work out. That's when I learned it doesn't matter what, like, what happens in the beginning or even what happens in the middle or what happens at the end. You have to wait till three months after decision day. Then you know what happens. Yeah, the fast burn. And Ryan was such a child. Oh, I really like Jacqueline, though. I really, And then Shawnice and Jefty. That's where I learned that even if it doesn't start great, there is hope sometimes if people can act right. Like, <laughs> Jesse was eventually attracted to Shawnice. And yeah. to make a baby. <laughs> so. I think we've learned from Mavs that sometimes they may be, you know, uncertain, but they still will have sex. Unprotected at that. So, <laughs> kudos to Ryan and Jacqueline for actually using protection. Well, I don't know. It was on the floor, so. <laughs> did they use it or did they throw it on the floor? <laughs> Okay. My number four was Atlanta, Georgia. That was another season that was well-rounded. They had three couples, 
but they had a little bit of something for everyone. They had Vanessa and Trey, who I was rooting so hard for. They had Ashley and David. David was a fuckboy, and Ashley came out like the villain. Later on, we find out she wasn't really the villain. And then we had the famous Samantha and Neil. This is where she was so mean to him. I, I Every week I was like, can someone get meaner? How do you tell someone you're not a man? I'm used to someone. Can you man up? I was like, wow. So, um, yeah, I think back then everyone kind of thought like, because Trey's good looking. And I think that comes in when you're good looking, you kind of sometimes think that, you know, they're not here for the right reasons. But I was in the minority back then. I just thought Vanessa was wrong. And then back then she was the first I remember to go back to her house after a fight. And I was like, you don't do that. And he had abandonment issues and all that. So yeah, I just thought it was a really good, really good season. It wasn't much that happened, but it was just, it had my interest. Okay. My number three was Philadelphia. That was when they went up to four couples. Um, There was only, I think, two seasons with four couples. Is that right? Yes. Because it went from four to five. Yes. So I really, I really liked Philadelphia. You had Keith and Christine, who not only had the instant chemistry, the instant like, and the instant attraction, but Keith also had to do some growing up, um, some cord cutting, and he did it. <laughs> he changed. It's a miracle. Um, Stephanie and AJ always fly under the radar to me, but they... Once again, from the very beginning, they were good to go. And they were a fun pair. I mean, AJ created some drama, but his drama was always with people outside of their relationship, whether it was producers or going to the the retreat and being like, I hate this house. Why are we being? <laughs> <laughs> and then we had Will and Jasmine, who probably could win the prize for like the two nicest, most ready to get married people who should not have been married to each other. <laughs> I don't think Will was ready to get married. I mean, he he seemed ready to get married, but like his view of the world and Jasmine's view of the world were not in simpatico. Yeah. And then we had Kate and Luke for our emotional abuse portion of Married at First Sight. <laughs> so much weirdness. It was I, it wasn't necessarily enjoyable to watch, but it was interesting. So yeah, Philadelphia, that was a good season to me. Philadelphia is my second to last and number ten. <laughs> I looked back and I was like, what did I like about this season? Not much. Because, again, you know, yes, Christine and Keith, you know, they got along. He was willing to try and all that. But it also translated as boring. And I'm not trying to feed into the trope that they try to feed us that if they're happy, they're boring. I don't think so. But Philadelphia, nothing much really happened. And, again, the likability factor. Keith and Christine were the likable ones. I didn't like anybody else on the show. Maybe Kate. And the whole emotional abuse thing, that was the first time we were introduced to it. I, I hate to say it, but they paved the way for Chris and Paige because they made us get used to what these experts are doing and just saying, like, oh, it's free will and they have to stay. But, yeah, it just didn't do much for me. It's not memorable for me. I'm glad that they got, you know, two successful couples, but other than that, no, didn't work for me. So what was your number three? My number three was basic Caucasian sex, not Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) What a season. 
it had the first virgin it had the first like basketball player who was had no intention of being <laughs> married he needed a place to stay guys <laughs> job overseas. I was like, hey, I might as well sign up, make some money, and have a roof over my head. (laughs) It was just fantastic all around. Like, everyone was entertaining. Beth was made for reality TV. Everything was a production to her. She she earned her stipend for this show. We had Deanna and Greg, who was a slow... Deanna was a slow burn, but, you know, she wasn't annoying. Greg was patient with her. It was just well-balanced. Like, you know... So it was just a good season all around for me. <laughs> okay. My number two was New Orleans. <gasps> Despite, because I, I think you're gasping because you're like, wait, what is your number one? <laughs> <laughs> My number two is New Orleans. Despite the pandemic, I just, they, they, it made me happy. And I also, I forgot to say that something that influences our ranking is that New Orleans was when we did a whole podcast about the show. All the other seasons, we just watched it like a regular viewer. So I, that had to kind of like, I had to think about it. Like if you had just watched New Orleans without doing a whole podcast on it, what would you think of it? I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. The couples, the people, the chemistry. I, I enjoyed Henry and Christina. Like if I think of some of their fights to this day, I will still start laughing. <laughs> Dr. Pepper says I have issues with eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> Christina yelling at the producers, can you make him talk to me? <laughs> oh. And honestly, you know, as bad as Henry and Christina were, I don't think anybody was psychologically harmed in the making of the New Orleans season, and that's why I can enjoy it. Yes. Yes. The, the, those are good reasons. Those are good reasons. My number two was New York, the inaugural season. I love that season so much. It was untouched. It was organic. It wasn't overproduced. There was actual like stories where, you know, we got to meet Jason's mom and we saw that she had cancer and he was just hoping his dream of being a firefighter and we saw it play out. And Monet and Vaughn were just tumultuous people who, again, didn't really like each other, but they had sex all the time. Their sex was good. So they always had sex, and that was just, like, amazing. It was when reunions were, like, six months later, so we had actual reunions. And then in the reunion, Monet revealed how she was mad at Vaughn. I think she broke her foot or something, and he still asked for sex. (laughs) And that really cracked me up. So it was just a good season. It was just, like, the virgin season. And, yes, it was the one where Jamie didn't like Doug, and there was slow growth there. But it was just untouched, and I really, really enjoyed it because it was such a new concept for a reality show. So it was enjoyable. And the experts actually really participated. In Pure it. reality television. Yes. So before we go to our number ones, I just have one that's left, which is Miami. Miami was my least favorite because it was three couples and one of the couples bowed out during the honeymoon. So <laughs> two couples that were there. And one of the couples, they really liked each other. And it was pretty boring. The most drama they had was he wanted to live on a bus. 
and she didn't and it was just weird like is this manufactured they divorced right after like after the show until today i don't know what happened because they got along so well and the other couple was the drama couple nick and sonia but sonia they were having sex but he told her not to tell the experts that they were having sex and then she did and then it was this whole thing and it was just weird again with when it happens with luke and kate it's like oh we've seen this before but when you watch it for the first time like why would you tell someone they, not to tell anyone they get sex. That's just like rude. <laughs> so um, yeah, but other than that, two couples for a whole season, not much there. So go ahead, A. Tell the people what your number one was. My number one was Charlotte. Ooh. Despite the fact that it only had four couples, I just they, this was the best season. Jamie and Beth are legends. And I will say Charlotte is a season that I have watched twice. And the second time I watched it, it was because it's on Netflix, which by the way, it'll be on Netflix till April 12th when then it'll go away. It was on Netflix. I was with someone else and I just wanted to see it again. Someone watch Jamie and Beth from beginning to end and then see them say yes at the end and then get to reveal, oh, BT dubs, they are still together. And actually like each other. They're not like... <laughs> Oh, man. Through Jamie and Beth, we know that through God, all things are possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paige. <laughs> we had Amber and Matt, you know, Mr. I'm not even, I mean, he's truly a terrible human being. But in her own way, you know, Amber fed into it. Oh, yeah. very entertaining. We got Iris the Virgin and Keith the Hottie. Like, <laughs> Keith was a very patient, patient man. Um, and then Deanna and Greg, who are one of my all-star favorite couples of all time. Yeah. So, yeah, Charlotte was my number one. So what was your number one, Tay? No surprise here. My number one was New Orleans. That was the easiest part of ranking this. Like, New Orleans gave me joy. Like, I don't know if it was because it was during a pandemic and we were just grasping for anything that made us happy. But like Aid said, it was the first time we started our podcast and it was through the lens of you know, podcasting and actually paying attention. But overall, they found the right balance between train wrecks and between happy couples. And through the pandemic, it could have gone terrible. Can you imagine this season's couples being extended for more weeks? I don't know if I'll make it. But <laughs> with them, I didn't mind. If it was Amelia and, and Bennett just brushing their teeth in front of the mirror and the short dress and the little things that just gave us joy, it was just... Everything was all around Woody being a shock surprise. Like we all were like, oh, this guy's here for the fame. He's here for the clout. And then just shocking us and, you know, being the man that he is today. It was just great. It was just a good, good, good season. And I don't know if it's because it was so good. That's why this season we, we keep comparing it. Like if season 11 wasn't so great, would we be harsher on this season so far? <laughs> Probably. I'm... I think the mystery is really in the casting. New Orleans was some of the most likable people they've ever had on the show. Yes. Yes. That's right. So, yeah. That's my number one. Were you shocked by anything? Uh, no. <laughs> I was shocked that you had, I want to say, Philadelphia so low. Yes. I was shocked myself. <laughs> I was like, that was a good season. Yeah, and I thought well, you know how, like, we go through the the seasons and I can pick out moments that were, like, standouts. And I go through Philly and I'm like, what really stood out 
in Philly. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. One of my favorite moments from Philly is when Jasmine tells Will, like, she acts like he's a crazy person for her to expect her to pay 50% of the bills. <laughs> <laughs> and this man is like, but I am living in the 21st century. Like, why can't you pay half the rent or half the electricity? <laughs> you have a good job. Like, what? <laughs> And then the week after, say she's independent and that she doesn't want to depend on someone. I mean, and I don't want my standout of what happened in Philadelphia to be the whole Luke and Kate thing because I just remember being really very angry about that happening. So I think that also played a part. Like, it was just unfair what was happening to, to, to Kate. So, yeah. yeah. So it just, yeah, it's not a good memory for me. So, yeah. I was surprised that you had... Um, DC low, lower. Another reason why DC disappointed me is that we live in the DC area and I just, I had high expectations. I was like, you're going to be in my hood. And even then I was like, oh, this show is, this is terrible. These people are terrible. They couldn't find some nice, likable people in this area. What does it say about our city? (laughs) Add to that, of the whole cast, I don't know that any of them actually lived in DC proper. I think all of them lived in Virginia and Maryland, which is fine. But I think it's funny that it's the D.C. season when I don't think anybody lived in D.C. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess that's the same. Well, that's what happens when you live in, like, a metro area. Because even with, like, Shawnice and Jeffy, when they do couples cam, they say they're in Rhode Island. I'm always shocked by this. Not, like, Boston proper. Or even with Dallas. You know, they lived in Fort Worth, um, Bobby and Danielle. And maybe like they're in outskirts. So yeah. It, I am I'm also thinking like all the cities, I remember being excited when they did Dallas because I was like, oh Texas. Excited when they did DC. Oh, that's where I live. And so next year when they do Houston, I'm actually kind of expecting it to be terrible because I'm like, another city that I've got a connection to probably be bad. <laughs> I'm excited for Houston because then it completes the whole trifecta of all the places I've lived. So they've done a season in every place that I've lived in. So Houston will be the final one in that. I hope it surprises me. <laughs> it's Houston, man. I don't I don't know. I don't know. The only other um I don't know. Do you watch Ready to Love? No. Okay. It because of the pandemic, they moved it from Atlanta to Houston last season and a new season is coming out this Friday and it was a whole different vibe. Like Houston, Houston is its own vibe. So I'm so curious to see what maps is going to be about my bar is low. <laughs> so when you combine maps, history plus Houston, it's not saying anything about Houston. It's just, you know, it is. It is saying something. <laughs> but um, yeah, I hope they surprise us. But, you know, we've been watching for a long time. So is Ready to Love on Netflix? It's on OWN. OWN, okay. Because it is in Houston, I will probably give it a try. Okay, yeah, there's a new season um, starting on Friday, so you can hop on. They're putting them in a resort. I don't know if they're doing that this time. COVID is eased on out. But it's it's interesting because it's older people. So you're talking about people in their 40s, people who have kids, people who have been divorced, and they just try and match them up, and then the guys and the girls pick up their top every week, and then they send some people home and just tell them, you're not ready for love. 
Wow. <laughs> you're not ready for love. No, no one loves you. You're not ready for love. Hmm. Yeah, because before COVID, they could visit each other, go out on dates and do things at each other's houses and have a feel for how things go. They text each other during it. But during COVID, because they were in a resort, it was just in the same place. So I don't know what we're getting this new season. So yeah, I recommend it. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for being our patrons. Um, don't forget to reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter and tell us all your thoughts. That's Alter Call M-A-F-S, A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. Thanks for listening on Patreon. See you guys.